You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Claire Pedrick and today I'm in the company of Katie Muldoon from Yellow Rattle Coaching. So Katie sent me an email and said, I've just done this thing and my friend said, why don't you go and see if you can take it onto the coaching in with Claire? So I said, let's talk about it. So Katie, welcome. Thank you very much, Claire. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a bit about you and how you got here, as in who told you to come and that yeah. journey, because I think that's fun. Uh, and then we'll find a bit about your coaching journey and what you're doing with your coaching business. Certainly, certainly. So um, my name is uh, Katie Muldoon. I'm the founder and director of Yellow Rattle Coaching. Uh, Yellow Rattle Coaching has been in business uh, nine months um, and it aligned to me starting um, with my professional certificate in executive coaching at Henley. Okay, cool. Now, one of the best things about Henley is, you know, and uh, the fact that the people that created a group, a support group for one, and how do we get our business um, out there? How do we get people talking about our business? And what can we uh, do in terms of marketing? That support group is the group that uh, suggested that I contact you. Fantastic. And I'm going to talk to them this afternoon. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes, and I will be there too. So we'll have a full Excellent. circle. Excellent. That sounds beautiful. So what are you learning about marketing and about building business, Katie? Because that's one of the questions that our listeners ask a lot. So do share. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things about coaching, which um, I think came as a little bit of a novelty for me when you've got your own business, is that the traditional model um, probably comes from a line of referrals or it comes from an established business and you join as an associate. But I thought, I'm going to take the difficult route. I'm going to start my own coaching company with no leads, with nothing. And I'm going to um, use what we have today around social media, around our network, everything like that to create a company from scratch. So it's been a very vulnerable journey, actually. So I've been a consultant prior to this, and one of the things that uh, we talk about in uh, business development are things like hunting and farming. So if you are, uh, if you have a client that you work with for a long time, you farm the relationship, you nourish it, um, you make sure it's uh, good, and you'll have times of fallow periods, and you'll have times of harvest. Um, but with this coaching business, with no clients, I had to become a hunter. And that was quite a novel thing for me to do for the first time. So the hunting part um, had to bring me out my comfort zone. Yeah. And this is um, actually part of what I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Is how did I help me become safe to move into spaces that were um, outside my comfort zone? And this is the sort of the crux of it. How do you build the foundations to support yourself to get out there and do the things that you might not normally feel comfortable doing? So the hunting part um, is very much about um, talking to your audience and knowing who, who is your audience? Who is your ideal audience? 
Where are they? What do they read? Where do they look at? What websites are they on? And what topics interest them? And one of the clues I was given is tell them what problem you're solving. Now, as a coach, I don't believe I'm solving any problems, actually. I believe I'm creating an environment, uh, conditions for people to realise something. And that something is change. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem. Yeah. So for me, the language didn't resonate. So these are really great mentors telling me what to do, but I couldn't land with the language. And so I decided to do something slightly different with that language. Rather than solving the problem, I talk about a different future. And so if people want to change something in their lives, maybe I can help them. Fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm very averse to the language of problem. You know, if you start yeah. with a question and then coaching, what, what's the problem? It, it gets us into all sorts of difficulties about people thinking we've got solutions. Yeah, another yeah. future. And, and the, the word that came up for me is, as you were saying, that is what's the questions? What are the questions yeah. there they've got mulling around? But Hunter, when you said Hunter, I've not heard that before. Um, you know, I've got I've got visions in my mind of dark woods and guns yeah, and right. knives, and it's it's got a it's got a kind of feel to it, hasn't it? The word yeah. hunter, it's vulnerability. Yeah, you know. So you, as a hunter, you might be going out there with the right tools, the right equipment. Um, you might, and in my case, I'm going out on my own. So I'm going into that forest, that unknown forest on my own. And also is when you go out into the forest and you maybe try and find something, um, you don't necessarily know how it's going to land. And one of the things that I learned quite quickly, but it's still, it's still too good time to sort of reconcile with it, is um, if you're using social media to talk to friends and family, they're really supportive. They like your stuff. They comment and say, how lovely, you know, this sort of thing. When you're using it as a marketing tool, um, it's not really about that at all. It's not about the likes. It's about consistency. Yeah. And, it's, and for a lot of people who are considering coaching, they might not want to comment. They might not want to like your stuff, but they want to see more and more of the um, content that you're putting out to go, is this somebody I would like to work with? So quickly, I, I had to get over that. And also is um, I've spent quite a lot of time in academia. And so I'm used to doing well-researched documents. I'm used to doing thorough documents, you know, and I put something out right at the start. Very proud of it. No one read it. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh. And so um, it's much more in the social media world about catching a hook, you know, ooh, that intrigues me. And actually what I do now is once a month, I do something a bit more in depth. So those people who want to hear a bit more about the way that I coach or the research I use um, or the themes that I, I, I bring in can subscribe and can opt in. And uh, that's been a really useful way for me to learn about it. Yes, that's yeah. I had an email this week because um, our, our blog has just been a thousand. So we've done a thousand editions Congrats. of the blog, which is over 20 years. Uh, and I got an email from somebody who I didn't know had subscribed and uh, who from time to time we've done some good work together. And he said, can't believe you got to a thousand. I started out on number 254. So he's read wow. 746 <laughs> 
without no likes going back to what you said about people commenting no response no likes but that doesn't mean there isn't a response because along the way we've had a number of conversations he's introduced me to other work you know there's been all sorts of really interesting and useful stuff happening along the way and no likes yeah Yeah, exactly and I think I think as well there's an interesting one is um I um when I when I put something out I missed a bit right and the number of people who contact me and said hey you say that you put something in the comments but you haven't oh wow people are observing that so people were genuinely reading and intrigued to know where was the link in the comments and I simply hadn't pressed post when I put the link I thought I had and so even those reassurance that people want to help you and is is lovely so I would say it's very vulnerable to begin with but um and again this is where some of the practice comes in around um, self-belief and um reflection as well um around what you're doing yeah because you're exposing aren't you yes absolutely right yeah um and I think another thing as well is in the social media world is uh, all the other coaches that are out there are going through the same thing that you are and it really means a lot to me when another coach says um, nice article or great point, something like that. And it just shows the community that coaches can support one another um, when we're sort of being vulnerable and putting out our ideas um, here and there. And it, it certainly means a lot to me if I get those um, comments. Yeah. Wow. So nine months in, Katie, yeah. what's the best thing you've done? The best, the best thing, actually, I would say is believing that the world the world needs this and um, finding the courage to put this out there and say, I believe the world needs this. I want to know if you agree. And I think that's that's been a very hard thing for me because I, I didn't I've always been in service of others in my whole career. So I was in the military for 10 years um, and then I was a consultant. And so I always want I was always in service. What do you need from me? And now in this space, I want to put out what the um, what I think I can bring to the world um, out there. And then when people respond to it, um, it's really it's really wonderful. So it took a lot of courage. And I, and I think that still nine months in believing that I'm doing the right thing um, is, is the best thing for me anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but um, remaining still remaining positive nine months in is is the best thing. Fantastic. And what impact has it had? Um, on the world or, yeah, well, or yeah and are you me? getting work <laughs> yes I am yes fantastic so the, thank you yes so first of all I want to credit uh, when it comes to getting work and I think because these podcasts are so helpful for aspiring coaches and coaches in these early stages I want to share the knowledge about that so in the first few months all of the work came from referrals and that came from me messaging my first degree network and saying, this is what I'm going to do. And it wasn't a case of saying, do you need coaching? Then contact me. It was about building rapport again with those people. So I connected and said, hey, it's been X years or a couple of weeks or whatever since we last spoke. And I built in a memory so that it was not, it was very personal, the the message I wrote. It took me days, but that's what I did. I, I personalized every message. And I said to them, you might not need coaching, but perhaps you know someone who does. 
but please bear me in mind. And the, the rate of people that came back with, congratulations, I will definitely bear you in mind, um, has been phenomenal. And actually months later, sometimes these referrals come in. So it might've been in November last year that I messaged them, but then in February or March, hey, Joe Bloggs recommended you. Oh, wow, great. So it's not a case of immediate return. It's investing in those relationships. And now at nine months, um, I've got my first corporate inquiries. So um, they started uh, about two months ago. And I'm learning that corporates take a long time to convert. They do. So you have to, <laughs> you have to keep working with them. And so you have, to, you have to kind of work with that. I'm also discovering as well is that there's um, a bit of a cyclical nature with coaching when people inquire and when learning and development budgets become available. So I'm learning about that. So to say, um, have I purely survived on coaching for nine months? No, I haven't. I've had to take on little bits of extra work. Um, and I, as a, I was a consultant before this, so I've taken on um, sort of a few weeks work of consulting that helps me just keep the, the runway going. So I want to be really honest about that. In the first year, I didn't expect it to be any different, but the vast majority of my time has been coaching. Fantastic. Yeah, there's something I think about not burning your bridges because yeah. when you're really hungry for that next piece of work, the people can smell it <laughs> uh, when they when they come. Exactly. Close. Yeah, it, and I and I think this is the really sorry. Go on, go ahead. Go on. I was just going to say that those early contacts that you've made with friends or contacts or work contacts. Is, um, when when you're. Let's just stop for a sec because it's we've yes. lost, we're out of sync. Okay, so yeah, where sorry, are we going to pick it's up? Probably my internet. Where are we um, going to pick so, up? Do you want me to turn my camera off? Yeah, to help with the broadband. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see. Is that better? Say something. I can hear you perfectly. Marvelous. Okay, so. Uh, well, how did we get into that? And um, so we were talking about um, have you have you got work in nine in your first nine months? Yes, yes, I have. Um, first degree networks are my referrals. I've had my first corporate inquiries, but they're taking months. And uh, for full transparency, I have taken on other work to help with my runway uh, to keep my coaching business going in its first year. Yeah, and I think that helps us hold our nerve, doesn't it? That thing about yes. not burning our bridges. Um, that's it yeah yeah it's do you know those those beautiful contacts that you made in those early days that took took you days I can absolutely promise you that you will still be getting referrals from those in 10 years oh thank you Claire yeah it's it's that faith that's um it's lovely yes uh I have a a real theory that um in fact most of our work can be can be can be grandfathered as it were back to four or five people Wow. Who I had coffee with in those early days, who've just referred people, who've referred people, who've referred people. So so some of those messages, for many, many reasons, will will just not bear fruit. But then others will just bear masses of fruit. Um, And what a deep joy that is. (laughs) Yes, it it, it is. Um, And yes, it's lovely. So I'm really curious, Katie, what's the thing you've done that you thought, wow, that wasn't a really a good idea after all? 
um, I think, I th well, what would, what would it be? Um, you know, I'll be honest, uh, Claire, I'm very, um, I'm very deliberate in the way that I, I do things. And I think um, one of the, uh, I'm going to answer the question slightly differently. So as a military, um, as a military person, as a consultant, I overanalyze everything. Yeah. And I, I saw a quote, um, I think it's from the founder of LinkedIn, who said, if you go back to your first product and don't sort of cringe at it, you started too late. Oh. Yeah. And that absolutely sort of um, woke me up because what I was doing was I was not putting anything out there. Yeah. Um, and I was only privately messaging people and I was um, wait I was writing articles and then waiting a week to reflect on them, this sort of thing. And when I read that quote, and I've, I've not quoted it accurately, but I just thought, that's it. You do want to go back and go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I put that out there. Because that's how you learn. That's yeah. how you get better. That's how you get the data about what people like, what people are interested in. And you know what? I was afraid people would say, you don't know what you're doing. I was afraid people would say, um, you don't have enough hours. I was, I was afraid of strangers um, questioning my right to say that I was a coach. Yeah. And, you know, um, and a really sort of useful thing um, that I did um, in, in sort of journaling and reflecting is who, where, have, where have I seen this happen? Who's done this? You know, and nobody's ever done it to me. Yeah. And when I then just said, okay, let's just get some content out there. People, people are generally not interested in sabotaging you. The, the person that's closest to sabotaging you is yourself. And I think when you get over that hurdle um, and you start putting stuff out there and see that people aren't cruel, they aren't unkind, they have other things on their mind. They really, they really aren't focusing on you. Your content yeah. gets better. And, you know, and I think, I think that's, so the worst thing was not starting. And, you know, that feeling won't go away. Well, it hasn't gone away yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't tell you how many conversations I had about my book and how terrified I was of what people were going to say. Wow. Hours and hours and hours of conversation about that. And nobody has. It, it, well, yes. And, you know, I don't want people to not question doubt. Doubt is healthy. Yeah. Doubt, doubt is good. Um, it's, um, it's part of a good character. But don't let it overwhelm you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Katie, what else is in your bucket of goodness, of things that you've been doing? Well, it was something I wanted to share with your audience, actually, because it's something that's really kept me going, is this um, little design that I've put together. And, and hey, look, it's based on reading lots of books about coaching it. Um, on wellness and all sorts of stuff and um, so people will pick up things that they've heard in other books in here so but I wanted to talk about the three pillars I've been using which have really kept me motivated um, safe um, and uh, sort of on track with my coaching so um, the three pillars I've got are on the business in the business and on you yeah and 
building um, elements into your week where you focus on these three pillars um, has been vital to me um, maintaining my health, but also maintaining progress with the business. Now, with the three pillars, it doesn't need to be one third across the week for each. You can have a big week on the business and you can have maybe a little bit less on you, but you've got to reflect. So at the end of the week, I use a tool called Clockify and it looks at my calendar and it syncs with my calendar and it tells me how many hours I was on the business, on you, in the business. And I reflect and I look at the week coming up and I see what I have to balance again. So if it's been a big week on the business, I will increase on you and in the business the week after. Um, so those are the three pillars I wanted to, um, to, to talk about. Um, but in particular, um, at the start of a business, you might be focusing on the business a lot. Um, and I thought, especially if you're trying to get off the starting blocks, I'd um, list um, a few things that might help you um, focus your time on the business um, and some tools uh, that could help you. Um, is, is that all right with you, Claire, if I do that? Yeah, that's fine. I, I love this because one of the things that I notice is that if you're not attentive to what you're actually doing when you've locked yourself away and told your family or your friends, I'm working, I'm working. <laughs> actually, yeah. you can end up working on the business for months and months and months without actually doing any in the business work and and balance really matters, doesn't it? Yeah, ab absolutely right. And I think when I wrote these out, um, one of the ways I was working as a consultant was um, in what they call an agile way. Yeah. And so I've taken a few of the tools from there. And so I do um, what they call a retrospective. So every fortnight, I reflect on that calendar. Um, I reflect on how it felt, as well as the actual results. And I think if you build these in, because you, when you're running your own business, you, you, could, you talk about it and then you go, oh, it's only month nine. Mm. God, this feels like it's like two years. I've been doing this for two years because your heart and soul is in it. So, um, so building in these reflections um, every two weeks, well, that's my, my, my recommendation is every two weeks, um, helps you see how far you've come as well as uh, the things you might want to change. Yeah. Um, so what I thought I would do is um, I just highlight a few things under each of the um, under each of the pillars. Great. Um, and uh, they, they, if I could tell myself this nine months ago, this is what I would have told myself. So um, on the business, um, I suggest you have a look at your value proposition, and that's what you're bringing into the world. And as I say, that was a bit that I said I'm not solving any problems. I'm working with you about a better future. Yeah. Um, you're a USP. Why would people pick you to work with? Um, your brand. And as a coach, there's many ways that you can enter into the coaching world. If it's um, a side hustle, um, if it's um, part of an online thing, if it's um, uh, as an associate, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. But you'll see that I've uh, called my company Yellow Rattle. Um, because um, I'd like my company to have a brand. So what yellow rattle is, um, yellow rattle is a plant that's put to soil when other plants can't grow. And it oh. allows them, yeah, and it allows them to flourish. So it's known as the meadow maker. 
So um, I work with leaders and executives um, to create great cultures at work. Um, so, so I've opted for a brand um, a recognition for my, for my coaching. Um, website, I've put in here, website is not essential to start your business, but in a world where people Google you, um, it's really helpful to have one. And it doesn't cost a lot to set one up. Um, automation. Lots and lots of tools are available to help you plan your day, to help people book time with you, to help people sign documents and what have you. And I would encourage you to have a look at automating as much as possible of the administration that comes with your, with your coaching business. And for single users, um, often they're free. Yeah. Um, I, I don't pay for a huge amount of it. So um, I would do that. Um, marketing. Um, as in good old-fashioned marketing, um, including social media, um, strategy and measure of impact. So remember, in your first few months, you're not necessarily going to get all the people piling in and, and paying great, great um, amounts of money to, to come and talk to you, but it's got to be around your audience. It's got to be around how you feel. It's got to be around relationships. So be careful around what you're measuring. It cannot just be extrinsic stuff. Yeah. And your network. Your network are your greatest asset online and in person. So those would be the points I'd raise around on the business. Yeah, can I uh, just pick up something yeah. about your network, Katie? Because I think yeah. there's something about mapping your network. Oh, yeah. Because um, um, often on, yeah. we've got connections that we're not thinking about. Yes. I can remember we did an exercise with our team oh, more than 10 years ago where we got a massive piece of wallpaper and started mapping our networks oh, wow. and it was absolutely extraordinary and actually the decision at the end of that was that there were areas that where we weren't going to go because you can't go everywhere yes um, wow. and and then really thinking about what can we offer those people and what's the connection here and where can we add the most value and and then making connections with them but I would also say don't be afraid of of making mistakes there so yes. years ago we sent a beautifully personalized letter out to 50 core stakeholders in, that was in the pre-email days yes. to core <laughs> to core stakeholders in uh in about 50 different organizations uh, because I had some chapters written in a book that that was core for them in their organisation. Yeah. And the only feedback we got actually then was a bit negative. We oh. now, every single one of those organisations is now a customer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so <laughs> that they they didn't appreciate that connection. But when we connected in other ways over time and when we were cross-referred over time, yeah. now, now we supply to them all. So that's great. There's a long-term view, isn't there, as well as a short-term view I think we have to have. Yeah, and do you know what? There's a really lovely thing around um, the market telling you um, what they need as well. And I saw a lovely... Um, I think it's a meme, a picture and about Ozzy Osbourne and Prince Charles. Both live in a castle, both <laughs> are the same age, 
but both have very different needs you know and I just that's that's so funny because if you were doing uh, like avatars of your ideal client about age or, or uh, gender or anything like that you've missed a trick and so um, when we talk about needs um, your audience can tell you a lot about what they need and um, you might not be you might be totally surprised by it and there you are um, all these years later they're all clients um, when they find out the need that they that they could get from you so yeah I think um, I work it and don't be afraid to make mistakes I, I couldn't agree more with you on that yeah yeah but a mistake isn't the end of the world no, and and um, one of the things uh, that you're taught on Henley um, as well is when things don't work out, a lot of it is down to external factors, not you. So remember that when people come to coaching or when people don't want to be coached um, or they change their minds or whatever, it's not really always about the relationship with you. It could be external factors, what's happening yeah. at home or things like that. So learning that that's just the way of the world um is a really important thing but it's also acknowledge that's how you're feeling and so when you're reflecting talk about the emotions that come up for you when people say no mm. and when people don't reply um because that can reveal a lot about your needs yeah yeah so lots about on the business so what about in the business katie yeah, well, this one, um, uh, ultimately, the bottom line here is delivering great coaching. Delivering great coaching will get you referrals. Um, but I'd also add in a few other things. Um, one about continuing professional development. Um, this isn't, a, for me, this is not about ticking boxes. It's not about certifications. It's about a growth mindset. And it's about keeping you open to um, new ideas, uh, ways of learning and keeping your those those neurons in your brain firing about um about what new things are out there um supervision supervision is so important so you have that confidential space to talk about um your style of coaching things that came up so i couldn't recommend more that people are supervised to help you address your needs as well yeah and feedback um, I have um, uh, my feedback form is worded um, specifically in a way that's positive. So, for example, I don't say um, what what didn't you like. That doesn't feature in my feedback form. I say things like, "If there was one thing that could make it even better, what would it be?" Yeah, and everybody puts something in. So you're inviting them to say, hey, I'm on a learning journey. I want to get better. And without your help, I can't get better. And so what people have put in that question has really transformed um, a lot about my coaching. So um, that's in the business. I've really sort of narrowed it down to those four things. Mm. Yeah. And, and keeping on top of your game whilst knowing that not every session will be brilliant is yeah, so yeah. important. Yeah. And, and do you know what? It's again, it's when those sessions aren't brilliant. It's um, it's again, that reflection is really important as to why it didn't feel brilliant. Um, and what did what did you need in the session for it to feel brilliant? Um, because I'm doing um, I'm training in um, uh, Jungian analysis as well. Mm. 
So I'm, uh, I'm doing a separate study in uh, the knowledge of uh, that sort of modality of psychotherapy. Um, and so I have a lot of work and I work with a therapist on ensuring that I have, um, I, I'm aware of any transference and counter-transference. So um, that's, that's my work. That's the stuff that I really enjoy doing. But um, when needs come up for me, such as why didn't that feel great? Um, it's important for you to recognize um, what it was for me as much as the feedback from the client. Mm. Do you know, I did a, a webinar on earlier this week for a coaching group and did a coaching demo and it was really, really hot. Oh gosh. And I said, they knew that I was going to coach somebody and I said, who would like um, to think, with, you know, who's willing to think with me? And there were very few volunteers and somebody afterwards sent me a little message and she said, um, I would have volunteered, but I couldn't think of anything to think about. I can't believe that hardly anybody wants to be coached by you. And I just went, it was really hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sense was that absolutely everybody was hoping it would be somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you get, and then you get, you know, you get one hand up. I'm not going to take that personally. It was really hot. If I'd been on a webinar, I wouldn't have volunteered. <laughs> yes, it, yes, exactly. And I, I attended a webinar yesterday um, on Gestalt and um, they asked for volunteers and somebody was so shocked that they were picked because there was 70 or somebody on the webinar that um, she didn't know what to say to begin with. Yeah. You know, and it was that kind of thing when you're like, gosh, um, just even the surprise that you might get picked um, can can kind of send you back a bit. So, no, I, t I, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So some really good things there about in the business. So what about on you? What what have you noticed about that? Yeah. So I would say um, the emotional impact. So I'm um, I'm an introvert. So I prefer um uh one-to-ones and uh, this was this was part of my drive to become a coach was I enjoy listening and the what I hadn't understood about coaching is the emotional impact it would have on me hearing what people are going through ah. so yeah so I'm also um a huge empath so as a coach, um, as I start, so I was an internal coach at my consulting firm as well. And the desire to solve um, is really high. And when you're doing your reflection and you're doing work on yourself, you learn to contain that desire to solve, to support the, the, the client to come to their own conclusions and make their own decisions. But some of the uh, discussions I've had with clients have been exceptionally vulnerable um, and I have felt hugely emotionally impacted by it. And I, I need someone to talk to. And so yeah. this is where I have a supervisor, a coaching supervisor, and I opt to also have a therapist. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting in relation to last week's podcast, which, is a, which was about empathy. Oh, wow. And and the risk of mer for some people, the risk of merging. Yep. And the whole thing about distance and proximity, which came up. And I love the fact that you recognize that you're an empath and yeah. therefore 
you've got more than one thing in place. Yes, exactly. And that's why that pillar is this on you pillar is really, really important because it's not detracting from your business. It's not indulgent. It allows you to make this business work because that that on you filters into in the business and on the business. And another thing I'd also do is on the on you part is your support network. So at Henley, we have a group, um, that group that recommended I talk to you. Um, They're a great support network um, because we're all on a journey together. So finding other coaches, um, not to be necessarily mentored or supervised, just to have a chat with is really important. Um, And your friends and your family. Because actually, um, a really important part of all of this is that your friends and your family are your biggest supporters. So if they know what you're doing, if they know um, the type of coach you are, they'll recommend you. And lots of people um, exclude them. So they go to their LinkedIn network, they go to their business network, but they don't ask their friends or their family um, to, to support them. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, the tribe thing that you've just described really matters, doesn't it? We need people around us who will kind of stand with us. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, not for, not for any other purpose, but, but then to stand with us, I'm in a wisdom circle for that reason. Oh, lovely. Um, And we're just a few people who met on a course and we just stand together. That's, that is absolutely, and you know what? There isn't that expectation of exchange. It's just being present and knowing that these people are here for you. Yeah, and actually what there is more than anything else is a huge amount of exchange in a space where there is no expectation of exchange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's it. And that's the, there's, um, uh, it's, there's a beautiful quote by Carl Jung on this around um, when you you put down the tools and techniques when you when you meet the soul of another person yeah you know and talk to the soul and without that expectation of exchange the best exchanges happen yeah yeah wow what a lot of wisdom yeah, well, well yeah yeah it's 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 been a pleasure talking to you claire really lovely Well, thank you so much. And I feel I want to call this I'm calling this blog what Katie did. And I feel that we should have (laughs) back in in a year and have what Katie did next. I well, you know what, I'm going to put that on my strategy. And that's going to be my that's going to be my moonshot. Um, No, I'd be absolutely delighted to. And what a great title that is. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Katie, if people want to get in touch with you and have a bit of a chat, how do they do that? Um, the social channels are there if they'd like to. Um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter um, as Yellow Rattle Coaching. Yeah. Um, but also the website, yellowrattle-coaching.com. Fantastic. And I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. Well, Katie Muldoon, thank you so much for coming to the Coaching In today. And um Listeners, it'd be great to hear in the comments on the socials where you're, where you're uh, listening to this, what you think uh, and what you're learning. Thank you, Katie. You're very welcome, Claire. Thank you.
So I'm Claire Pedrick and I've been in conversation with Katie Muldoon. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual hub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.